your mind, say to yourself, I am more than my physical body because I am more than physical matter. I can perceive that which is greater than the physical world. is Lighting the Void live and I'm your host Joe Roop and we are live on Fringe.fm KTLK Digital Broadcasting. Thanks for joining us wherever you're listening from across the world wide web. If you're listening on the Fringe FM app, God bless you. Don't forget to leave us a shout out by hitting that shout out feature. Our website's lightingthevoid.com. The call in number tonight is 1-800-588-0335. And if you want to join our chat room, you can go to uh, the Discord server, just go to the website, go to fringe.fm, and then click on the web, the uh, Discord icon. If you want to sign up to our membership, please do so. You can go to uh, Lighting the Void, go to the website, and then click on where it says uh, Deep Void, and that'll give you access to all the archives, uh, over 700 shows, commercial free, plus the magic audios. But right now, our biggest focus is on the marathon. But don't a radiothon marathon marathon's a running thing. Let's call this radiothon, right? Um, but the biggest thing that we have uh, going on in the future is the event that we'll be at too at uh, with the Grime America at Contact in the Cabin, February tenth through thirteenth. Make sure you sign up because their last event sold out. They're about to go through that, and then this one's coming up, and it's going to sell out just like all their events do. And if you want to come hang out with me. And uh, I think uh, a couple of people are going to, I heard that, uh, I actually heard that uh, the higher side chats, Mr. Carlwood's going to be there and maybe somebody else too. So along with Owen Hunt, myself and Brandon Powell, so it'll be a cool time to come hang out, right? And uh, so let me tell you a little bit about this marathon, but uh, Radiothon, <laughs> keep calling it a marathon. I call it a marathon because I'm nervous as hell. I have no idea how I'm going to stay up and do this. I'm nervous about what I'm going to say, what I'm going to mess up. But thank God, uh, Jess and Alex and all the hosts and stuff for pitching in to help out because it's a big deal. It's a big transition for the Fringe FM, and it's a kind of like a survival transition. So it's it's going to be big. It's going to be fun. People have already started donating. Kelly and Lisa, a couple other people, thank you guys so much. Um, but I, I think we're going to do some fun stuff this weekend. Right. It's going to be fun. We might keep doing this, you know, every few months or something uh, instead of and who knows. We're just going to see how this works. We're going to see how this happens. All right. 
Uh, so tonight we're going to have Marilyn Hughes. She's going to be back on with us tonight. And tomorrow night, Preston Dennett's going to be here. Always a good time with him. And then Chance Garton's going to be here, too, from Interverse uh, later in the week. And then Friday, we're going to have open lines. And then the weekend is, yeah, I'm going to start that right after Ryan's show. So I'm trying to get as much sleep as possible. I'm going to sleep early. I'm not waking up late, though. I can't sleep for more than like eight or nine hours for some reason. I just, I don't know. Um, but anyways, let's get on with the broadcast tonight. I don't really have anything cool in the news, I don't guess. But what I will say is that what we're talking about tonight is one of the main reasons why I started Lighting the Void was because I've had uh, the out-of-body experience. I still, to this day, uh, think the out-of-body experience, at least in local fashion, is something totally different uh, than what a lot of people are calling astral travel. I don't know if it's the same. I still want to get to experiment. And on down the road, you know, when we, uh, I would say probably somewhere in the near future, once we get past this transitional phase with the Fringe FM, we're really going to be able to dig into this stuff harder. Um, I can almost guarantee it because this is where, uh, this is where everything's at. I really believe that conscious exploration. It's the one thing that you can do to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt, all of the stuff that we talk about on here. And I keep hearing people talk about fringe, like it's some paranormal radio network. That's the fringe is not a paranormal radio network. It's, it's fringe. We, uh, we talk about everything. It's kind of like, uh, Art Bell mixed with science. I mean, would you guys consider that guy paranormal, the stuff that he talked about? He did a little, but he also talked about quantum physics, pop culture, all kinds of stuff, right? You just got to know we're willing to go out on the edge for you. And I might be getting a visit from a, from one of our fellow void walkers this weekend. I don't want to shoot my mouth off too early, but he might actually physically show up. No way, Jose. He might drive up here and hang out with me he said during that weekend that would be pretty cool actually to have one of you guys come kick it at the studio and um i i'm hoping let's see i'm gonna have a meeting with all the hosts i'm gonna try to get as many as i can involved for this weekend i know michael strange is always a good team player he's becoming a fan favorite amongst many of you guys he's growing quick i think that's awesome alex is <laughs> killing it jess is killing it i don't know i'm just very thankful and grateful to everybody and wouldn't be doing this show if uh, certain people hadn't stepped in and helped out as well you know so there's a lot to be thankful and grateful for right now not a whole lot to stress about though we'll always make it I'm, I'm gonna try to Ooh, i don't want to say that i was gonna say something but i got nervous right before i said it you know how I'm always talking about how you can just put your faith in the divine and it will carry you through, right? I do. I, I believe that. But I was going to say, watch, watch us prove it to you this weekend. But I don't want to do that just yet, right? Because that would be terrible if, if it didn't come through. Um, but I think I'm pretty sure we will. I don't have... Uh, hardly a doubt in my head. So Marilyn Hughes came on the show before and I had a fascinating conversation with her and a lot of you guys liked the show. 
You really did. And I did a, um, what do you call it? A survey. I did a survey on uh, Patreon publicly to find out what you guys wanted to talk about more. And really, it is the out-of-body experience and astral travel. You know, that's what that's what it is. And uh, I get chills up my spine sometimes when I talk about it because it's so freaking awesome. And if the more of you that experience this, the more of you like what happened to Macon. I mean, you can just tell the look in his face when he came on to talk to uh, the members, but I put that on YouTube too, about what happened to him. Like, you can tell it was kind of life-changing. He wants to tell the story. And these are the kinds of things that um, take, I would say, take your, they take a lot of problems away. I, th I really think that because at the deepest root of all of our fears and all of our anxieties, at the very core, is usually what happens when we die. Are we going to be alone for the rest of our life? <laughs> that kind of stuff. What is consciousness? Is there anybody out there? When you actually make a step and you experience, I'm not talking just like meditation and relaxation that's great or a peace of mind that's great too but when you actually move into an experience of something higher like this it changes the game and for the life of me it was like last night when we played that show with john anthony west when he came on and talked about i don't know why nobody like when they talked about the weather erosion the rain erosion on the sphinx why it wasn't a big deal because i think that some of the smallest things that we step over a, a lot people have been talking about obes and astral travel for the longest now i think what it is though why it's not all the rave i mean we should be having astral rave parties in the astral realm <laughs> you know it, i just think it's a great thing but what it is, I think, is all of us are kind of led around by our emotions. That's true. And if you're really honest with yourself, you, most of you probably are. So when you try to do something that's hard, it makes you feel bad. You get discouraged. You don't want to do it. But there are some people out there that they have it easier, right? They just have out-of-body experiences easily. It's hard to explain why. I think they're still trying to figure out why this happens, but some people can just do it easier, and others have to develop the skill. And I want you to imagine what it would be like to be a ghost. Chance is a ghost in the chat room. You can be a ghost in this world, I'm not playing <laughs> and your body doesn't die. What? Like, why are we not focusing on that stuff more? Especially now with all this lockdown stuff, you Canadians up there that you can't come down and hang out with the people in the South. You can visit if you really tried. I'm one to talk to. I'm not trying to like talk to you like I'm, 
self-righteous or anything. I'm so freaking exhausted when I get home, I just pass out most of the time. But I still think about it all the time. All the time. And see, I believe the Egyptians and uh, others knew how to do this stuff. Because they had a dynasty that lasted 3,000 years or a little bit more, a lot of the things that they brought down to this earth, including, I, mean, I don't know if you guys remember, but it's a, a show I did a long time ago with Danny Wilton. Danny Wilton was one of the most intelligent, intelligent men I've ever talked to in my life. He was an analyst. I was a big fan of his YouTube channel because I like to analyze things to death too. And he found out that the nebula of Orion was mapped out in the Nile. It was mapped out everywhere. But how did they know that back then? How did they know this stuff back then? If you look at the, um, what is it, the Last Supper? That also is a perfect match to the Nile and the uh, nebula of Orion. The way, if you, you have to go back and look at his videos. My point is, is, how did they graph this stuff out? How did they know that? They didn't have spaceships back then. Not during that dynasty. I know you guys, some of you guys like to think they did, but they didn't. You already have a spaceship. That's my point. You don't need UFO technology. You don't, even if you're a Christian, they talk about it in the Bible. Whether I was in the body or out of the body, or in, I don't know. There's lots of verses like that. If you read uh, Dr. Stylianus Ateshlis or the famous Doskalos Christian mystic, he tells you you have different bodies. The theosophists tell you you have different bodies. Ancient history tells you that. What is happening now to us isn't a form of conscious uh, evolution or expansion. What is happening to us now is every effort and I mean, they're pulling out all the stops to keep us, I guess, inundated in the human experience and not in the best ways either. To get you so freaking worried about your well-being, your mental health, your emotional health, what are you going to buy, how are you going to keep up with the Joneses, how are you going to survive, What's coming at us from space? You don't have time to relax. You don't have time for a peace of mind. Everything's coming to hell in a handbasket. Look, since I was born, I've been hearing people say that. But if you really look at things, everything goes in cycles anyways, right? So while you're here, Let's just try to make the place better. And I think we can make it better. I'm not saying lay down. Don't do that. But you can make it better by empowering yourself. And I told you guys I was reading this book, uh, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. I like it. I like extreme dudes, extreme people, people that are willing to go learn stuff and fail and go through hard stuff, you know. I don't know why, but he talks about that. He said um, in that book, 
He said, it's not what you preach. It's what you tolerate. That's what sets the example. So if you're living a life where you denounce, you know, the food industry, but you're gobbling up bad food all the time, you can do it sometimes. So I mean, all the time, then you're tolerating it. Right. So we might be on the point of like taking ownership of what's going on in the United States. We might be so like behavioral, I guess, what do you call it? Behaviorally challenged. But even then we could still get out of body. And I think a lot of you, once you have your first local experience, I know a lot of people want to go to space and other dimensions and stuff, but just trust me on this, like become a ghost just once and feel how much that empowers you. That's freaky. I've got out of body all the way. I've got out of body where I was blind. Uh, others have gotten involved and done it too with us there in the void walker section. Um, it's fun. It's fun to know that you're more than your physical body. You're more than this place. You have more power over your world, creation, and, and environment than you think. But I, I don't want to swerve off into hermetics. Before we go into the break, I just want you guys to know how important this subject is to me. How important magic and the occult and hermetics are to me as well as this subject. Because honestly, I feel like part of my purpose here, and I'm not quite sure, I'm still uh, living my life to try to figure this out, but I feel like part of my purpose here is to prove somehow, which is in a bigger way on this show or in the member section, I don't, I don't know. But Robert Monroe... And William Buellman and all of these people that talk about the experiences they've had in consciousness, okay, through their conscious explorations and astral travel and out-of-body stuff. Um, when you pick up books by Israel Regardi, Crowley, other books, any hermeticist where they talk about the astral realm or things they saw and done, you'll start putting the, the pieces together. I kind of wish they could have talked to each other somehow back in the day. It's impossible, but you know what I mean. It's really cool when you read something from one subject matter and then another subject matter and can tell that they're talking about the same things. They're just naming them different. They're naming them different. So what do you guys think? Do you think that we could have an astral rave party? Because I'm ready. I want to. I want to get at least 10 to 20 of us. Just astral traveling once a week. Meeting up somewhere. Figuring out how to be the best ghost we can possibly be. Uh, 
Daskalos called this eczematosis. So imagine what a world would be like. Let me just get down to some real serious stuff here. Imagine what the world would be like if this was a regular thing. Imagine what you could do with your children who are already capable of doing these things. They, they already do this. They just don't know what it is because they're children, you know. But he talked about he would go places with his grandson. And I was telling this to a, a young and not too long ago. Imagine what it would be like to hang out in the dream world, if you want to call it that, where you're totally awake and you can go anywhere you want that's actually happening right now. Tell that to a child. It may not be so cool and exciting to an adult, but you tell that to a child and say, look, we can go in the ocean and look at every animal you want. We can go to space and explore everything you want to explore. It may not be exact, but he used to tell these stories in his books about he, he would take his grandson into the ocean and they would look at whales and all kinds of stuff. And he would come back and tell his father and his father would just kind of giggle like they were making it up, but they weren't making it up. They were really doing this. It probably sounds a little sappy, but I think conscious exploration, exploring the human potential, what we're really capable of, and personal self-development empowerment is the keys to fixing everything. It's basically alchemy is what it is. And it's like we're in this state of kicking and screaming and we're going through it. And if we could just identify what's really happening i don't think we do a whole lot of kicking and screaming you know yeah it does sound like fun mike says in the chat by the way i want to mention this before we bring on our guest to uh i don't know if that's the same mike but when you sign up to the members you get a private rss feed you can put it in your browser you just copy and paste it into your browser or if you have a podcast player, the best one to use, in my opinion, is Podcast Addict. If you use that player, you'll be able to just hit search or add and copy and paste it into there. And you'll automatically get the new member commercial-free stuff when it becomes available. And it does have a download feature. I did it today. You can just download it to your phone. Sometimes it's confusing because... The download buttons look like share buttons, so you got to kind of find them. But you can download uh, the episodes. All right, so one last thing, too. I want to make sure that all of you guys, and I'll be saying this throughout the week, come out to the marathon. Hang out with me. Stay up as long as you can. We're going to have fun. We're going to play games. Radiothon. Marathon? Why do I keep saying that? Uh, we're going to... I have no idea what's going to happen. I might just totally embarrass myself. Either way, 
I don't care. It's going to be awesome. Alex is going to jump in the morning. I've asked Mary to show up too. She's going to show up at some point. So you're just going to have to kind of come in and out to catch that. And then uh, some other people are going to show up and be making appearances. And we're going to be planning this throughout the week. We're going to have some contests. I know Alex is giving away stuff too. So you guys, um, I don't know. I don't know. Are you nervous about it? Because I am. I've never did a radio radiothon before. I'm th also thinking about, for everybody that donates, and can have access to the video feed and to watch me maybe in No Way Jose just fall out. I don't know. But this is what I do best, come up with stuff on the fly. I think this is what we do best at the Fringe FM. All right. Like I said, tomorrow night, Preston Dennett's going to come on. Chance Carton's going to be here Thursday. And then we'll head into the weekend. We'll be right back with our guest. You guys stay with us. I'm Joe Roop. This is Lighting the Void. More coming up. Turn it a little bit and get that motor pop. pop. Lighting the Void, rock the fringe mic steady. Keep up the good work, guys. The Fringe FM introduces... Dogman Cams. The Dogman Cams project is a partnership between a state-of-the-art tech group and private property owners with various cryptid activity. Dogman Cams' mission is to fundamentally disrupt the existing beliefs about cryptozoology by strategically partnering with field researchers and eyewitnesses creating incentives that generate real evidence. The truth is out there, and Dogman Cams will find it. Join now at dogmancams.com, and together we can find the truth. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Ed's Home Psychoanalysis Kit. Why go crazy paying a real psychiatrist $100 an hour and more when you can do a reasonably accurate job by yourself in the comfort of your own living room or attic? That's Ed's Home Psychoanalysis Kit. Couch and ink blobs not included. For thousands of years... Occult knowledge of the elite has been shielded from the eyes of men, hidden beneath lies, deceit, and corruption. One man had a dream, a dream to bring this esoteric knowledge to light, to bring truth to the people, to uplift humanity, to reach for the stars. That dream formed an idea, and the Fringe FM was born. After many years of thriving, a series of unfortunate events thwarted the Fringe FM. Soon a dark cloud engulfed the station. Now, in 2021, its very survival hangs in the balance. Teetering on the edge of oblivion, we will not go quietly into the night. Join us and fight for your right to fringe. Hey. 
Discovery Houston. 20 seconds to LOS Tedris. from the desert too funny enough and uh so we're gonna get to talking about this stuff the out-of-body experience if you want to go to her website you can now for reference you can go to outofbodytravel.org and check it out all kinds of cool stuff on there there's all of her appearances all the courses seminars you can even check out some of the stuff that they've done on udemy pretty cool stuff and uh, I believe this is the uh, second time she's been on the broadcast. So if you don't know, let's bring her on here. So she founded the Out of Body Travel Foundation in 2003, and the mission was to reduce spiritual and physical hunger worldwide. And she's written over 100 books for, and written in 40 magazines, 18 CDs on the out of body travel and comparative religious mysticism. And these books along with a company in music and art, are available for free download. She's also has experienced research written and taught about out-of-body travel and mysticism since 1987 and has appeared on innumerable radio and television programs to discuss her thousands of out-of-body experiences. So thank you for coming back, Marilyn. It's good to have you. Oh, it's great to be here, Joe. Thanks for having me. Well, I don't know if you heard my speech at the beginning i like to do these little lectures that make me feel like i'm saying something important but i do think <laughs> i do think this is important right like to me it doesn't matter what's going on you know that this idea of conscious exploration human potential and expansion learning what we're actually capable of and who we are even in times like these it's even more important I think it's what's going to progress the world and make us happier. I don't know. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Um, one of the things that I have definitely discovered through the out-of-body travel that I've experienced is that it is, ironically, the energetic impetus that we are able to explore and embody through these travels that actually does uh, propel us into the potential that we have, not just in the spiritual, but then into our human potential. Uh, and in such a way that it's almost impossible to really even put it fully into words. Um, you know, I try to do so and do so in, in the books that I write and try to encapsulate it as well as I can. But there is so much to be discovered that it is um, truly mind-bending and the potential for us in consciousness exploration is completely unfathomable and completely uh infinite there is no end to it 
The, mm-hmm. It's not. Um, it's there is not an end to this uh, journey. It's not just a simple, you know, one-time event or uh, a simple, you know, one-time experience. It is something that evolves and grows and continues to expand for every human soul that follows this exploration. And uh, it takes them down an entirely different road than they would have followed had they not taken this journey. What do you think that, that based on your journeys with this, what do you think the soul or consciousness is trying to do? You know, because people ask me that question all the time. That's the God question, right? I mean, I believe in a creator, but it's not just that. It's more like people, I, I was on a show not too long ago, and they said, do you believe that we're in God's dream or we're working together with God? And I said, you know what? I kind of feel like we are. I feel like we're relaying the messages of experience, but also kind of growing back towards consciousness at the same time. You know, that's my feeling where I'm at, but I'm curious about, because you've done this for a lot longer than me. What are your feelings on this? Oh, I love what you said. And I think that if I were to simplify it, I would go back to some things that were told to me in a near-death experience years ago that part of the purpose of our human existence is to go from selfishness to selflessness in our human experience and that we are moving through this purification pathway, which is what we are, uh, what you're going to find in all of my writings, you'll find that it begins and ends with this purification pathway. We've put out, uh, five films this year, what, which begins with um, a film called The Grand Phases of the Soul, which speaks about purification, discrimination, and discipline pathways. And this purification pathway is the essence of what this is. This is this great transformation of the energy that we encompass into this higher and higher being. And what is that? It is attaining to this higher love that we hear from people who not only have out-of-body experiences, but people who have experienced near-death experiences when they speak of the great love that they experienced and witnessed and encompassed when they experienced Christ or the greater being or God that they came in contact with and they experienced the unconditional love of God. And they all of a sudden never wanted to leave that. They didn't want to return because they did not want to come out of what that was. And what we are then doing is we are being charged with this huge responsibility then of bringing what we have then discovered here from heaven, this great and grand unconditional love to earth, what we find, that which is of heaven to earth. And it's not something that we do in one fell swoop. It's something that we do incrementally. And that is why out-of-body travel becomes this tool 
of evolution where in every time we take a journey into the mystical spheres, we are bringing something of that construct from heaven back into the earth. And we are then bringing energetically something of this greater love that is not necessarily within the earth or within us previously, but we are then embodying it and bringing it back. And we are making a potential manifest in this world that is of another world. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's very interesting. I oftentimes wonder about, uh, you know, about the things that people run into. Even Robert Monroe ran into himself, you know, uh, things that would stick to mm-hmm. him or latch on to him. He would have these panic modes, and you know, it. Uh, some of his explorations, and I'm curious about yours, that they weren't always <laughs> super positive and full of light, and I based on what I've practiced and done in my life, I start to realize that I think um, it's kind of vice versa. Like we bring some of that stuff with us into the astral realm, depending on what we're around. Uh, But I don't know. Like, that's what I'm asking you. I could be wrong. I'm still trying to figure this out. Oh, that's absolutely true. And part of the reason this purification journey is so necessary is because of these attachments that every single one of us have. And these are things that we are attached to that would be our fetters, our cravings, our sinful natures, or just things that we are unaware of that are of a darker nature that hold us back from that which we are actually truly seeking. Um, Some of these other things that you were speaking of in terms of what Robert Monroe talked about are oftentimes... uh, spiritual attachments. These can actually be lost souls. These can be energetic attachments. Sometimes we're even dealing with demonic attachments. In my books, um, one of the things that's a little different about my books than a lot of the books you'll find on out-of-body travel is that we don't shy away at all from this stuff in terms of the spiritual warfare. You're going to learn a lot about all of these things and the spiritual warfare that is a part of this journey because purification, discrimination, and discipline cannot be achieved without actually going through this extreme scrutiny that we all have to go through in order to be able to throw away those things that are holding us to earth. There's a reason why we are recycling and coming back again and again. And that's what we have to look at. And that's why these things are happening. Now, when people are talking about those particular experiences, they're usually referring to experiences in what I call the astral realm, which is the realm that overshadows the earth, the fourth realm, which borders the third realm. When we're talking about out-of-body travel, we're talking about multidimensional travel. So that goes well into travel into an infinite number of heavens, an infinite number of perfect purgatories, an infinite number of hells, and 
so we're we're not talking about limiting the travel just to that astral realm. And so a lot of people, when they think of out-of-body travel, they think only of what they hear about happening in that astral realm. That's why there is so much more to learn about. And, and you can do that by reading a lot of my books because you're not going to limit yourself to the astral realm. That is literally just the beginning of the journey. There is so much more beyond that. Yeah. So, the, the, all right. So when, well, let me just ask you about your first experience with it. Cause mine was very local, like a, you know, uh, okay. kind of rolled out on the couch and watched myself sleep kind of thing. You know, uh, okay. not sure what you would call that, uh, if that's astral travel or uh, interdimensional travel, but it was unlike anything I've ever experienced. Travel. Okay. That would be a simple out-of-body travel, out-of-body experience event where you rolled out of your body and you would be in the astral realm there. Now, so what we're, what can happen is you start with these events where you're learning to get out of your body and then you're bordering in the astral realms. And then what eventually will happen, you'll learn how to uh, move, see, hear, smell and taste uh, within your uh, spiritual body. You'll start moving through the astral realm, but eventually you'll start moving through a variety of corridors and then you will be moving into the past, present, and future. You'll move into timelessness. You'll move into a variety of heavenly realms. You'll move into various celestial and angelic hierarchies you'll move into initiation and mystery realms. Um, a lot of people will go into creative realms where they'll see where um, music and art and writing and things like this are created. Oftentimes you'll be taken to places, uh, wow. cities, uh, like the cities of the new Jerusalem. Um, there's so much, um, the libraries where all the ancient sacred texts from all the world religions are kept in the mystical spheres. Um, you move in and you move into the galactic heavens where, uh, you have, you know, the souls of all incarnate life, including extraterrestrial life reside after their, you know, earthly incarnate existences are over. You move into uh, where the masters reside in the galactic heavens, which is an entirely different abode so far. There's, a, there's the planetary realms of the pure lands where the great masters who no longer live here, who no longer reside here because they have transcended the physical realm, will reside, and that's where they will all work together there. You have the tachyon fields that go well beyond the pure land. Um, tachyon fields. You have. Do, now, oh, do you do you have a book where you write about all the stuff that you've seen? All of my books do this. Okay. Um, I always recommend people start with the Mysteries of the Redemption, a treatise on out of body travel and mysticism, and you and you follow through. 
there's a series of books that start with that one that will go through my experiences, and you can follow those in sequence. There's also another series of books um, that is the how-to series, and that starts with um, Come to Wisdom's Door, How to Have an Out-of-Body Experience, and there's about 10 books that go in sequence and go into deeper and deeper levels of um, how to have the experience and going into the deeper experience of it and to the, uh, the mysteries of it. Um, no. And you want to go ahead. I'm sorry. Do you, do you think that, that I don't mean to cut you off. I just don't want to forget about this. No, no, no work. So, so, so many books I've read on this, uh, I wonder, you know, William Buhlman has a theory that whatever you believe, you kind of take into these realms too, right? Even if it's your spiritual or religious beliefs. Uh, do you think that that could be happening with you? Um, not saying, I'm just curious because you're talking about a lot of the same uh, things that they talk about, except um, what I'm hearing from you is there's a more of a, like a, a religious, not only want to say religious, I would say very spiritual, uh, content to it. Right. So mm -hmm. I'm wondering if that's something or, or even what you think about that when he just talks about that. Well, I'm not that familiar with what, um, what, what his particular view is on it. Um, mm -hmm. what I would say mm -hmm. is just simply that my views were formed by my experiences rather than my experiences being formed by my views. Gotcha. Okay. So what I would say is that, um, when I began, my views were very different from where they ended up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you didn't it's not like you were raised Christian or any of this stuff, uh, uh, and you brought it in there. It's more like, um, it's more like, you just reported what you saw. You reported what you experienced. Exactly. I was raised as a, I was raised in the Mormon faith, um, and I really didn't embrace that. And then when I was in my early 20s and all of this stuff started happening, I started out on this journey of, well, Lord, show me what the truth is regardless of what I might think. And um, so I ended up being led down this journey, and I was directed through the experiences to study the ancient sacred texts of the world religions and, uh, you know, major and minor. And ironically, it led me through, you know, studying the Buddhist texts, Jainist text, Hindu, Judaism, uh, yeah. everything, you know, Islam. And then ironically, uh, near the end, I ended up studying Catholicism, and I did become Catholic in the year 2000 as a really? result of my experience. Really? Yes, and, and it was as a result of my experiences. And believe me, it was... Um, uh, I became Catholic basically kicking and screaming because it was not a place that I ever thought I would end up. And I was very, very hesitant to go down that road. And if, if you know anything about the Mormon faith, I had a lot of negative 
impressions of the Catholic faith from that and um, did not even expect to study that. I was studying a lot of the Eastern religions, and I think what ended up happening, because this was pre-internet days, yeah. what ended up happening was, because I was getting catalogs in the mail for these Buddhist and Islamic and Jewish religions, I just haphazardly got this catalog in the mail for a Catholic publisher, and they had offered a deal for six, six texts for like $20, and I I had said to myself, well, I guess if I'm going to study all the others, I should at least study these, you know, oh, sure. to be fair. Yeah, I mean, that's a good and mindset. And so I went ahead and did that, and then I started, and then, of course, I never stopped. And so it was an interesting thing that happened there. And ironically, St. Padre Pio and Teresa Newman, who are both signatists, from the 20th century were both very pivotal players. They were stigmatists and mystics from the 20th century who came to me many times mystically and led me in that direction. And it was Teresa Newman. She was a German stigmatist who eventually came to me and said, it's time that you become Catholic. And I was very hesitant to do That's, so. <laughs> that has got to sit weird with, uh, with a lot of people that, that talk about the out of body experience. Uh, Cause it's, it's really popular now. You are like a diamond in the rough. I've never, well, let's just say unique. I haven't talked to too many people that said, or even watched any YouTube videos or read any books that were people after they traveled out of body became Catholic, what was it? What was the deciding factor for you on that? Well, there were a lot of deciding factors. And um, and like I said, it was when I was specifically instructed by Tracy Newman, who was a stigmatist. She bore the wounds of Christ. And there were, literally, I studied it for 15 years and um, before I became Catholic. And so you can see I spent a lot of time and was not, you know, thinking I was going to do it. Um, and there were many, many of the doctrines that I had studied in great depth. Um, and one of the biggest things, I guess, you would go to, I guess it's real simple, is that, you know, Jesus Christ founded the Catholic Church. You know, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church to St. Peter, who was the first pope of the Catholic Church. And frankly, the, you know, one of the books I wrote was called, is called Protestant Reforms, an overview, which is about the, uh, the different denominations that have come about um, since the time of Christ. And, um, I was led to write that particular book to to show people the various uh, ways that the denominations came about. And I think one of the things that was just really interesting to me was that the, the Protestant Reformation occurred in the 1500s. And the only Christian church that actually existed 
until the 1500s was the Catholic, the Roman Catholic Church and the Orthodox Catholic Church. And then the Protestant Reformation occurred in the 1500s. You know, John Calvin and Martin Luther came about at that time. And then you'll find if you go through the Protestant reforms that what we have is a series of disputes, you know, human disputes of people having, uh, you know, uh, disagreements over some doctrine, and you end up with 30,000 denominations. And what I found were that there were, I think it was roughly about five denominations that came about as the result of some type of revelatory experience. And that's what I was looking for in my research. And so you had Swedenborgianism, which was the result of Emanuel Swedenborg, who was a mystic in the 1600s, who wrote some amazing works that I refer to a lot in my interviews and also in my writings. He wrote a book called Heaven and Hell. He was an amazing and very prolific out-of-body traveler and mystic. And there's a denomination that came about as a result of him. And there's a foundation now as well, the Swedenborg Foundation, that preserves his work and tries to continue his legacy. You also have the Methodist Church, where John Wesley had a a very profound gift of the Holy Spirit, where when he would preach, people would experience a conviction in the Spirit, where the Holy Spirit would overtake them, and they would understand what they would have. The Holy Spirit would come over them, and they would have uh, an understanding of their own sinfulness, and they would have an, a conversion moment. And wow, so they would have this mystical, this mystical overtaking. There was also George Fox, who was the founder of the Quakers, the, the Puritan movement, and he was a mystic as well. So he had mystical experiences. Well, you know, and uh, you do have. I also find funny ahead, too, sorry. and that's all right. We got to take a break here, but well, I also find funny that um, a lot of uh, even occultists were Catholics, and still, I mean, they they didn't quit. They were Catholics, you know. And I think the word Catholic right. means universal, right? Is that isn't that right? Um, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, there's, there's, that's very interesting. Sorry, I had to cut in there, but we got to go to our break. But that is, yeah, it's very interesting, actually. I never heard that before. We'll be right back, too, guys. If you want to drop some questions in the chat room, you can. Uh, we'll open up the phone lines here shortly, too, at 1-800-588-0335. Marilyn Hughes is with us. Go check out the website, outofbodytravel.org, or Lighting the Void. Stay with
truth? Are UFOs real? Are aliens visiting Earth? Are governments around the world hiding the biggest secret in history? We're UFO Seekers, official partner of The Fringe FM, and we're on a hunt for the truth. Join us as we investigate locations like Area 51 by subscribing on YouTube at youtube.com slash UFO Seekers. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Protoplasm. Remember when searching for a substance from which to form the living tissues of their bodies, more people choose Protoplasm than any other genetic material. Protoplasm is durable, weather-resistant, comes in a variety of colors, and has been used by hundreds of satisfied families just like yours for generations. Protoplasm, when you want to show them what you're made out of. For thousands of years, Occult knowledge of the elite has been shielded from the eyes of men, hidden beneath lies, deceit, and corruption. One man had a dream, a dream to bring this esoteric knowledge to light, to bring truth to the people, to uplift humanity, to reach for the stars. That dream formed an idea, and the Fringe FM was born. After many years of thriving, a series of unfortunate events thwarted the Fringe FM. Soon a dark cloud engulfed the station. Now, in 2021, its very survival hangs in the balance. Teetering on the edge of oblivion, we will not go quietly into the night. Join us and fight for your right to fringe. This is Joe Roop of the Fringe FM. Will you please join me this weekend, July 23rd to the 25th, for a marathon fundraiser and help us save the station we have built together. Thank you for your support. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. This is Jason Lindgren from Crow 777 Radio, and you can hear us 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Saturday night. Here this on is the Fringe the Report News on the Fringe FM, bringing you the latest in Fringe news from around the world and in every dimension. I'm Jess Rogie. Billionaire Jeff Bezos took a brief trip to the upper atmosphere, becoming the second rich dude to go to space this month. Bezos went to space with his brother, an 82-year-old and an 18-year-old. The crew experienced a whole three minutes of weightlessness. Bezos, never a guy to take credit for himself, thanked Amazon customers and workers for making this possible. Space tourism is just around the corner. And according to the bite, the rocket launches cause harm to the environment. One rocket launch will produce two to three hundred tons of carbon dioxide for four people versus the two to three tons created for one passenger on a long flight. Though rocket launches are still pretty low on the pollution 